You're listening to a New York Sports Nation production, enhancing your New York sports experience. Welcome to the Giants Nation podcast presented by New York Sports Nation. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with Danny King. Danny, how you doing? Doing great. How are you doing? Good, good. Uh, you know, getting uh, we had a little AAF over the weekend. Um, I, don't, I don't know if that really satisfies me too much, but it was it was nice to have something on in the background. Um, but we got, we got a few little things to clean up uh, in the Giants world before we kind of break down the offense. Uh, last year, kind of talk about, uh, you know, the offensive line. Just go through each position and then, you know, who we think is going to stay and who's not. Um, first of all, Kyler Murray has officially uh, decided that he's going to play football and, and lead baseball in the dust. Danny, what are your thoughts on that? I, I'm I'm personally a fan of the decision. One, because it adds more depth into a, a QB draft class. And two, I feel like personally, from one, I'm just a huge football fan, and so I believe he made the right decision. And Heisman Trophy winner, and all this chatter about him being going from late second, third round to possibly being in the top ten, I feel like it was a no-brainer decision for him. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting. Obviously, the the comments from Cliff Kingsbury uh, uh, last season when he was at Texas Tech, saying, you know, if I was in the NFL, I would draft him first overall. Uh, those came out, but honestly, a lot of people are reading into that and saying that they might trade Rosen and then draft Kyler Murray. I don't see that happening. Um, one, because you know that's 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 pretty quick to give up on Rosen, and also yeah. I think Rosen, if he were to be in this draft, would probably be the top-rated guy. And you know, got coaches say stuff before they play opponents to hype them up, and you know, to not give any bulletin board material. So I mean, I I just don't buy anything, and I don't put too much into that. I mean. Kingsbury could love the guy and be a, a, a fanatic, a, a fanatical about him, but I, I don't think that quote is you know something to you know like oh wow he's he's definitely gonna gonna try and go after this guy. No, yeah, even today I think Kingsbury said uh, Josh Rosen is our guy. Obviously, this could be a smokescreen. We're in the draft season, and no one wants to let people know what their plans are. But yes, I wouldn't read too much into it. I mean, Rosen is still young. You can't. He went from having his first year coach fired, basically, so he still needs time to develop. I was a huge fan of Rosen. Obviously, it doesn't look that good, but still, quarterbacks don't become great in one year. Obviously, Baker Mayfield kind of an exception, but still, he needs time to develop. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I don't want to you know, go into like the whole Kyler Murray thing, but there was some rumors that the Giants aren't interested because of size. What do, what do you think about just that alone, the, the size thing? Well, uh, in the beginning of the season, both Gumlin and Shermer said they're both fond of taller guys, and honestly, Kyler Murray doesn't fit that bill. He he's very very short. He's they list him as five ten. He could very well be five nine. I'm a short person myself, so I can relate to him. But as, as I'm also a fan of taller guys, because how can he? It's going to struggle to see over someone like Nate Solder, who is a giant in the NFL. But obviously, yes, he's a scrambler, but still, that's going to be holding him back a little bit. The height. Definitely, I'm glad you're a fan of me, Danny, as a as a six foot seven person. <laughs> um, no, honestly, 
I haven't made my decision on him as a whole. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely intrigued by him. But if you think he's like the much better quarterback than Locke and Haskins, I wouldn't let the size deter me. Um, you know, people are saying it's not necessarily the height, it's the weight. Like, oh, he goes down easily. I mean, but look what, you know, we've had with the past 20 years, Eli, he self-sacks himself. And I'm not, I'm not calling <laughs> out Eli for that. I think that's smart and it's, it's prolonged his career. Um, so if, I mean, if you think he can, you know, if he can, you know, be a Drew Brees, Baker, Russell Wilson type guy, I just, I wouldn't let that deter me. But, um, so, and like you, and like you said before, there's a lot of smoke screens out and you really can't buy anything. Buy any buy into anything you hear this time of year. Uh, you know we haven't even touched the combine yet. Yeah, so yeah, smoke screens are everywhere. Teams don't want to let people know who what they're on about. And as as you said, we haven't even had the combine yet. This by March, next like a few more weeks, the Giants may view him as the number one guy and the guy they need to get. Definitely. Um, so we haven't got to the combine yet, but we are going to talk a little about opening day next year. Uh, there's some been some rumors coming around about the schedule. One, even saying that uh, the Bears and Packers might be the opening Thursday night game because of the 100-year anniversary. Obviously, I think they'll still stick with, you know, the, the defending Super Bowl champion doing, which would be the Patriots. But there's been rumors out there that it could be the Giants in that matchup, obviously a rematch of Super Bowl 42 and 46. I mean, what do you, what do you think about that possibility of opening up the season on, on Thursday night against the defending champs? Well, as a fan, I love it personally. I want to go in there and spoil their night. But viewing it from a, a realistic standpoint, that that's not going to be a fun open at night. Patriots get in their rings, having this huge celebration. They are going to be on their A game. And honestly, from what we tell, we don't know what the Giants are going to be come week one. But right now, I'm not looking that forward to it. I see. I, I love it, man. Like, I just inject this into my veins because, one, you know, we don't know. Like you said, we, you know, we could be a playoff team next year or we could be 5-11. and 11. Um, so I would love to just start off against, you know, the defending Super Bowl champions. Obviously, we've had a lot of success against them. And like you said, like as a fan, spoiling that night for them would be amazing. Um, and it'd be the lone game to talk about. And the, the memes about Eli being the, the Brady killer would be on fire for four days straight with nothing else to talk about. And for all we know, this could be the last time Eli Manning and Tom Brady ever see each other. So I feel like a primetime game, those two battling out for possibly the last time ever, that's gold right there. Definitely. You're, you're 100% right. Um, unless they were to match up in the Super Bowl, it's definitely the last time. Um, and if you say otherwise, Giants fans will freak out if, if you hint that Eli <laughs> might be playing another four years. <laughs> I even saw people as a joke. People were saying they should sign Eli. If someone called into Mike Francesa and said they should sign Eli Madden to like a, a four-year extension, I'm like, what? What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, Francesca has moved to the point where everything is just like, let's see, let's see what this guy. Let's get a reaction out of this guy, or let's make him think that you know Todd Gurley did a swap, a jersey swap with the ref. Oh, um, I can't. There, there, there is something the past couple of days that he said. I can't remember exactly. But uh, it's, it's slipping my mind. Oh, oh, it was actually with Kyler Murray. Uh, the news came out that he uh, he was you know going to play football and and focus on football alone. And Francis is like, well, looks like the guy's going to try and play both sports. Like, do you do you not read <laughs> what was just said of Mike? He, he I, I don't know. He, I feel like they just have him on there because he's such a well known guy and he brings so much traction to them, even though it's like stupid. Yeah, our, our generation has. Like, giving him a, a second life of just having fun with the guy. Uh, let's move on, though. We're going to talk about the offense. 
kind of, you know, our reactions, uh, grades in a sense, not necessarily letter grades, but grades to these guys and then what we see going forward with the guys currently on the roster. Before that, a quick word from the Black Tugs. All right, so a lot of people are starting podcasts today. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will, di- will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one play. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You'll be glad you did. All right, let's get right into the offense. Let's start with the big boys up front, my favorite. So we're going to talk about six guys. Solder, Will Hernandez, Jalapio, Jamon Brown, Chad Wheeler, and John Greco. The other guys on the team are either futures contracts or kind of throwaway guys, so we're not going to really go into them. But let's start with the big money guy, Nate Solder. Uh, Obviously, he got that huge contract to be the highest paid left tackle in the game. He got better. I mean, he was horrible in the beginning. He wasn't used to, you know, the five-step drops or, or a guy like Eli. He was, you know, he's so used to Brady um, getting the ball out of there in, in less than two seconds. And with guys like Odell, uh, Ingram, and, and Sterling Shepard, you kind of you want to get them the ball downfield, which we didn't do nearly enough. But he definitely struggled. But that being said, I mean, for a guy that was getting, you know, just beaten, beaten alive by the media, he really did improve as the season went along. I mean, that's just kind of the offensive line position as a whole in the NFL for, for every team. But him more so than any of the other guys, I think he really improved a whole lot and kind of got used to that system. And I, I'm excited to see what he's going to be able to do next year. Uh, hopefully he can stay healthy. But, I mean, you know, he's not the best left tackle in the game. That being said, I don't think we have to worry about our left tackle position. Danny? Yeah, you're, you're right. Obviously, when he was signed, it was a very controversial deal because they gave him a lot of money. Uh, but obviously he was a backup option when we could get Andrew Norwell. But as you said, he struggled very much at the beginning of the season. He had that neck injury that basically halted him for basically up until the bye week. And then obviously after it was really that Atlanta game that really put people on spotlight on him. And I was like, wow, we paid this guy that much money. But then after the bye week, he finally settled into his role. The game that stood out to me most was uh, when he basically shut down Khalil Mack for that entirety of the Bears game. So, yes, we, we don't have to worry about our left tackle as long as he plays like the original Nate Solder. Definitely. Um, just move to the left guard. Willie, Will Hernandez, uh, he had, you know, coming off his rookie season, he, he, wasn't, he was kind of another guy who struggled at first. I mean, that's kind of to be, to be expected from a rookie unless your name's Quentin Nelson. That being said, he became better, and I'd say he was probably the most consistent guy on the line throughout the year where, you know, you never really heard his name come up, and as an offensive lineman, that's probably the best thing that could happen is they're not talking about you. I mean, so I think he's definitely going to, you know, come you know, offensive line has, you know, confidence is a huge thing, and working together, that being, and then, you know, the left side is set where it's those two guys, so he'll have, a, you know, a full year of working with Solder, of what Solder's strengths and weaknesses are. And I really I really expect him to be a Pro Bowl type of guy this upcoming year. I think he's just an absolute mauler, a gamer. And I, I, I couldn't be more excited for anybody on this offensive line than I am Hernandez. I, I really think he's going to have an amazing year this year. When he slipped, people are calling him a first-round talent. And when he slipped out, and then the Giants jumped on him right away because they knew this guy, as you said, is a mauler. He, 
he helps change the game. And then, yes, he struggled in the beginning, but then he's finally, like, really settled because he's a rookie. Then he settled in, and then he really became, like, an anchor to that old line. Him and Solder were the only two, I believe, only two that started all 16 games for the season. So Will Hernandez, I expect a huge leap for him this year. Finally getting used to him and a Solder connections there. And now he's used to Eli, so I expect him and possibly even a Pro Bowl campaign. Yeah, man, I'm definitely excited about him. The left side, I really, you know, I'm not saying it's going to be the best left side of the offensive line in the league, but in a year where, you know, every every single, you know, complaint about the Giants was Eli and the offensive line, I think it's nice to, to know for sure who our left side's going to be, even though there's, you know, a lot of money put into that left tackle position. And I really think we can be confident that, they are are going to be able to get it done, um, and, and I mean, even if you look back to the Super Bowl teams, you know, David Deal was never the best offensive, you know, was never the best left tackle in the game. Rich Soybert was never the best left tackle in the game. Chris Knee was never the best guard in the game, but they were always really good and they always worked great together. And that was, you know, a big thing of keeping those guys together. And uh, you know, offensive lines they they grow as the season goes along, so it's important to have those guys working together. And especially this new NFL where we don't have two days anymore, it, it takes longer for the offensive line to really gel. So, I mean, I just I, – I can – I feel like there's nothing to expect except for improvements from that left side. Yeah, and Will Hernandez, um, even Saquon Barkley said when he was drafted, he looked at the scouts, he's like, so, so you're drafted Will Hernandez, right? Even he knew what type of guy say, uh, Will Hernandez is. And then, as Dave Gumbel said last offseason, he said he wanted hog mollies. He got one in the form of Will Hernandez, and he did not disappoint, in my opinion. Definitely. All right, so let's move to the middle. Uh, the two current candidates for that would be uh, John Halapio and John Greco. Halapio, everybody kind of had some promise for the guy. He was a great, he's a great story. He had that injury. That being said, he's healthy now. He's, he's working his butt off to get back in there. Um, Greco... He just he just never seemed to get it. I don't you know I'd be surprised to to see him in the starting lineup come week one next year, um, barring you know an injury or two because I do think we'll add guys in the offseason whether it's through free agency. Um, I definitely think you can add, expect to add guys in the draft whether it's you know second third fourth round. Um, but Halapio, I'm excited to see what he can get the what he can do with the opportunity because honestly we just don't know a whole lot about him yet. Yeah, as you said, he, he I, I believe he broke his foot or he did something to his foot in the week two of the Dallas game, so we don't have much to work off on him. But he 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 knows what he needs to do, and as you said, he's posting videos of him online, working out, he's looking great. And so yeah, as, and also a great story. He's working at a car dealership, and then now he's in the NFL. And he and he was trained by uh, Brett Jones, the guy we traded away from um, us to Minnesota, who I thought would have been the center. But yes, even with not much in him, he I believe he's probably Gettleman's guy and Shermer's guy, so that's why he'll probably be the starting center uh, come week one. Yeah, definitely. It'll be interesting to see if they bring somebody in. But as it stands right now, he's definitely slated to be the starter. Uh, Greco. Um, he seems to be that guy who is, you know, the, hopefully he is the, you know, the third offensive lineman off the bench. I think that'd be best case scenario if he's even on the team. Um, you know, he's nothing special, but he has at the same time, he's not, he's not the, the worst offensive lineman in the world. And so I, it would be, I, I, if we're going to keep him as the third offensive line off the bench, I think that's the best spot for him. One, uh, one, we just don't want him in the starting lineup. And two, he does have some, kind of continuity with the this offensive line and this system 
you know, you know, playing both the center and guard position this year. Yeah, that, that's why I believe it's the biggest thing, the reason why we should bring it back, because, like, if a player gets injured, he can come in and fill their role as a guard or really a center. Because in that Texas game, I mean, he looked fine when he got replaced, when he put in there, and then, obviously, he didn't do as good, and then Poli came in to his natural position, and then Greco moved out, but then he got benched when Jamon came. But, yes, Greco is a good depth guy to have for any roster, in my opinion. Definitely, and you, you brought up Jamon. Jamon Brown, who was brought in uh, during the bye week last year, uh, we claimed him off waivers. In fact, Eagles fans chirped me like, oh, why, why are Giants uh, claiming guys when their season's over? I'm like, bet, watch this guy be on the roster next year. I, I think I even have the screenshot saved somewhere. Well, I got to go find that. But listen, he's the most intriguing guy. One, he's a free agent, um, so he could leave. But that being said, he loves the New York Giants. I, I definitely see him sticking around unless somebody else just blows him out of the out of the water with an, uh, an offer that we just can't match. Um, but at the same time, he wasn't amazing, but it seemed like he was amazing to us as fans because how bad the offensive line was. So somebody that was competent in there, I mean, just seemed like the greatest guy in the world. That being said, I am excited to see him, and I, I think the Giants have to make it a priority to bring him back. What do you think? Yeah, I, I believe, in my opinion, it goes him and then Collins, regardless of him and then Collins. But yes, Jamon, as we claimed him off waivers, he he said in an interview at the end of the season, he said he'd be willing to kind of go like a little low because the Giants were the first team to reach out to him when he hit waivers. He, he felt like he br- got brought into like a new family almost. That's how well they received him. And at, on, like, on his workout videos, he seems like a guy that wants to return as a Giant with some of his captions saying, G-Man, you ready for this season? So I believe he wants to return, and I want him to return. Yeah, I, I feel like he's had to talk with management that they're going to bring him back. I mean, the guy even in his name, you know, is not just Jamon Brown. It's New York Giants, Jamon Brown. So I'm, I'm definitely a big fan of the guy. He's somebody I, I want to get an interview for with the show. That moves us to the last guy we're going to talk about. And, boy, I hope this guy is not in the starting lineup next year. It's Chad Wheeler, the guy who came in in replacement of Eric Flowers. Uh, Eric Don't Flowers. say his name. I know. I was just going to say, I can't believe I just said his name on the airs. One, probably the most hated Giants offensive line, in, at least in my lifetime. I can't remember anybody. On the offensive line, that guy as much hated that guy. Um, that being said, Wheeler, we loved him at first because it wasn't uh, the guy we're not going to name. But his first game in, he gave up three sacks to J.J. Watt. Now, it is J.J. Watt, so it's not that much on him. And he seems like a good guy, a hard worker. But at the end of the day, we, could, we just cannot have him as our right tackle on the outside. I think that has to be priority number one in free agency or the draft after you know the first round is to get a right tackle in there. I mean, because it's just, it's just not going to work with him at right tackle, if, especially if we're, you know, bring Eli back and, and if we're going to be a team that's going to try and compete for the playoffs. Um, so he just – he cannot come back. Um, and honestly, I don't even – I don't even know if they'll keep him on the roster. Uh, it'll be interesting to see because, you know, obviously all that will play out with free agency in the draft. But I definitely see the Giants at least signing somebody – at that tackle position in free agency, even if it's not the biggest, the biggest name guy, even if they're planning on drafting somebody, uh, I, I really think they're going to bring somebody uh, in through free agency. Well, well personally, I, me, I didn't have the biggest problem with Chad Wheeler, probably because I didn't have to see Eric Flowers every Sunday. But, yes, he, he's not a permanent right tackle. Honestly, he bonded well with Jamon when he came in, but... Yes, he, he should not be starting. And a player that comes to mind is the former Panther and Darewell Williams. That's a guy maybe they could look at coming off an injury year. Maybe they can get him a little cheap 
or obviously you could draft someone. But yeah, Chad Wheeler. Unless we are have no other choice, I I don't believe he'll be starting. I think he'll be on the roster. I just don't think he'll be starting. Definitely. Um. So we're gonna move on from the offensive line, but I got just one question. Let's assume that we take quarterback in the first round. Where do you? What round do you see us drafting an offensive line? Because I just I don't think there's any doubt in any Giants fan writer's mind that we will draft an offensive lineman or two. Um, I could really see us taking kind of the Colts approach last year where they just drafted nothing but big boys on the offensive and defensive line. I mean, do you think we're going to go second round, third round, fourth round? Obviously, that all changes with free agency. But, I mean, what's your what's your gut feeling on that? Well, obviously, pass rusher is another big problem for this team. So, they, that could be a second-round need. But also, the Giants have draft picks that they can trade up to get even higher to get another good offensive lineman. And this is a very offensive line-ridden draft. So if we're not going off trades, I, I say Giants draft someone in the second round. It Maybe they could trade up from the third into the second again, and they could draft a pass rusher and offensive lineman. But I say they probably draft an offensive lineman in round two. Definitely. Um, all right, so let's move on to the wide receivers. And I don't want to you know spend too much time on Odell and Sterling Shepard. Obviously, Odell's locked up. He's not going anywhere. We're not going to trade him. Are you Sterling, sure? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, things could change real quick. You know, we might find another video coming out of Miami or something. Um, uh, but Sterling Shepard, uh, he's a guy who's he's played really well. He hasn't been the greatest guy, but he's definitely been extremely solid. Um, that being said, um, he could be a guy we lose in free agency when his time comes up because guys will pay money for a guy like him or teams will. And, you know, we might not have the money to do that. But that being said, this year he's solidified in there. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts on Shepard after these these first couple of years? I mean, I like him. When, when Odell went out last year, he filled in that role nicely. Obviously, he got injured, but he, he did his job. And then this year when Odell was out, he once again did his job. And he's also a great blocker down the field. We've seen him multiple times when Saquon broke big runs. Sterling Shepard was, was the main guy that helped block his way to the end zone. So I hope he does get re-signed. But as you said, teams are going to be throwing money at him. Even though he may not be a bona fide number one wide receiver, he's very close to it. But the team will be throwing money at him. Yeah, I mean, he's he's as much as you can ask from a number two wide receiver without it being like, you know, some amazing, you know, combo that we, we've seen in the past. Um, so I'm definitely excited to see how he grows in this fourth year. I mean, I, I he could be a guy that really develops, um, obviously – with a hopefully an improved offensive line because he, I mean, he did get open a lot and there's a lot of times where Eli just missed them. Um, so yeah, I, I'm definitely excited for him. Odell is Odell, but the other one is the, uh, the, the Z position where we had a, a few guys fill in for that. We had uh, Russell Shepard, um, Cody Latimer when he was healthy, which was barely. And then Corey Coleman at the end. I mean, out of those th- your three guys, I mean, which one is, is the one you would want to bring back? I, I would have to say Corey Coleman because he's a guy that can do a lot. We saw him on the kick returns. He changed games based on his kick returns. We were barely even leaving the 25-yard line. He came in. He then – I remember in the 49ers game, he took the ball. I'm like, oh, we're going to get a touchback. He just took it and ran up to, like, the midfield. So he's, a, he's like the dual threat type of person. But then you got Russell Shepard, the more veteran type guy who, who who did well, decent enough in that role to bona fide. And then Cody Latimer, we and once again haven't seen much from him because he tore his tore his uh, hamstring 
in the Eagles game. But if I had to place money down, I would hope Corey Coleman's the guy that returns. I, I agree 100%. He's the most exciting. I know he kind of bounced around from team to team after he left Cleveland. That being said, he looked decent in those past couple – the last two games, we really kind of gave him a shot. He had a few big catches. Um, and, you know, his first year with Cleveland, he was really good when he was healthy. So he's somebody who's got a lot of potential and could be one of those guys where he just needs to be in the right spot with, with a team that believed in him. Um, and if he, he could get his mind right and really, you know, work, work his butt off this offseason, he can be an, like a great piece for us and could make us – and could change how we, you know um, – take on free agency in the draft. Um, uh, Russell Shepard, he's really reliable. Um, it's, he's, you know, he's played, he, he was really a, a, a reliable guy for the Bucks when he was there. Uh, he was with the Panthers for a little while. He's just been somebody who is always going to do his job the right way. He's not going to blow you away with speed, but he's a smart guy. I mean, he played quarterback in high school. He was the number two quarterback in, in high school when he was coming out, you know, second only to Matt Barkley. So he's a really smart guy, and I would I definitely want to see him on the roster. Hopefully, it's kind of a where we need him, uh, you know, a spurts kind of guy. But I mean, he's just a smart player. I mean, we even saw that with you know that uh, in the Bears game when you know there was a, a end around to Odell, and it wasn't supposed to be a pass play, but he saw a crease and decided, you know what, I'm going to run deep and hopefully Odell sees me. So he's just a smart guy. I like him. And then Cody Latimer, I like the guy. I mean, we had him on uh, Simple Man. That being said, he's, you know, he's been in the league for some time. He had the injury this year, and he's just – he really hasn't proven much. Um, I don't I don't know what we're going to see from him this year. You know, he, he did have a touchdown towards the end of the season, but I just I just don't expect much out of him, and then especially with the potential of Corey Coleman, and, you know, hopefully we get to keep Russell Shepard. But I, I think if the Giants are looking at him currently as that number three guy, that outside guy – I definitely think they'll address wide receiver and free agency or the draft because I, I just don't see him him as being that guy like like I thought he would be last season. I'll go on to Latimer in a second, but on that Russell Shepard thing, I remember just being at that game and seeing the end of the round and not even looking. All of a sudden, I see Odell throwing his Shepard's wide open. And then wide receiver coach was like, yeah, that wasn't the call. He did that all by himself. But he knows what he needs to do, as you said, and he sometimes goes off script a little bit, but it works. And honestly, he also played a very good gunner role this year for special teams. So that's another reason why I would like to see him return. And then Latimer, he obviously, yes, as I said, he was injured. He, we just didn't see much from him. You can maybe argue they can maybe bring him back on a maybe prove it deal just to have him as more depth to that position, depending on what happens with Coleman and Shepard. So, yeah, very interesting uh, offseason for those three guys coming up. All right, let's move to the other pass catchers, the tight ends. Well, right now we got Evan Ingram, uh, Rhett Ellison, and Scott Simonson. Uh, Ingram, man, it's it's frustrating because there's times where it's like, man, this guy's good. He stretches the field. And then there's other times like, you know what, maybe we should trade this guy and see if we get out of him, even though I don't think we get much. I Honestly, I think, you know, obviously he needs to stay healthy. And he's just not a good blocker. I, you know, I see, you know, you know, people, you know, will critique him and say he's just a big wide receiver. And I know that, that you know, those guys don't like that. But that's – that's essentially what he is. And with, you know, a team with Odell, Sterling Shepard, and Saquon Barkley, it's hard to use, it's hard to use that guy a lot when he's just not a good blocker at all. And then, I mean, you saw this year, a lot of times our offense was the most efficient when he wasn't in, and we had guys like Ellison and Simonson in. I mean, what are your thoughts on, on Ingram? I, I personally love Ingram. I, as you said, he, he 
he changes the game. Linebackers struggle to guard him, and it's just frustrating when he's out there and they just don't use him. But then when they use him, he breaks off these huge plays. He's got the speed that he can run it, like sprint down the field as fast as he can. It's just annoying, as you said. He he struggled to stay healthy. I remember that Redskins game when he dropped that gifted pass by Eli. Granted, we were again blown out. I don't even want another score. But he just dropped a wide open pass. I'm like, that's something you've got to catch. But then toward the end of the year, he's like, he showed why he's a first round talent. And then it's, it's you're just torn. Like, yes, I like him, but he sometimes doesn't contribute. But then it's like, but he does contribute. So I just don't know him. And then Ellison, obviously, he could be a cap casualty this year with his big contract, but he's he's played a huge role. I believe he's one of Eli's favorite targets. Obviously, when Ingram was hurt, he played a huge role. And then Simonson, he, he he could be the one that replaces Ellison if he becomes a cap casualty. Because Simonson, he can develop into that tight end role. He obviously only had one touchdown this year, but he proved enough to me. Yeah, Scott Simonson, like you said, he, you know he's, he's not going to be brought in there to be a receiver. He's a great blocker. Um, a lot of times when they ran those, you know, two tight ends to, to one side set with Ellison and Simonson were some of um, Saquon's best outside you know, stretch plays or he's either cut it, cut it up the middle. Um, Ingram, obviously, he's going to be there and he's going to be, you know, slated to be the starting tight end. But it, I really think it'll be a proving year for him. It's, it is his third year in tight ends. Sometimes have, you know, a little bit of difficulty adjusting to the NFL because they're so used to being bigger and faster than everybody in college. And, and you know, the NFL is a totally different animal. So I'm excited to see what he can do in his third year. Ellison, like you said, he could be a cap casualty. Um, I wouldn't be too bothered by that one because, you know, Shermer runs a true fullback. Elijah Penny did pretty good in that role this season, you know, after he came in, after we uh, cut Shane Smith. Um, so I just, you know, with uh, a guy like Scott Simonson, I think we can get that job done that Ellison is, is being paid to do for a lot cheaper. Um, you know, Simonson is the free agent, but obviously, you know, he's not going to, he's not a guy that teams are going to be racing to go give contracts to a contract to. So if the Giants want to bring him back, he will be a giant. Yeah, I, I do believe yeah, Ingram's obviously the number one tight end. There's no rhyme or reason to that. And then, yeah, I feel like if, yeah, if they release Ellison, I mean, I'll be like, oh man, I like Ellison, but we have Simonson. He could do that job once we resign him as well. So, I mean, Ingram and Simonson, that could be a good duo. It's just a waiting game right now. Definitely. All right, so we'll finish off the running backs. We're not going to do core. You know, we, we've exhausted the quarterback thing. Uh, running backs, Saquon Barkley, the number one guy, no doubt. He's uh, There's not much to say. We all know who Saquon is. He's amazing. Um, you know, if he can stay healthy, he, I, you know, I think we both believe he's going to be one of the greatest, if not the greatest, running back of all time. And he's just He's just a special guy. And he had 90 catches this year, um, over 2,000 total yards uh, from scrimmage. So he's amazing. But the real question is, who is going to be our number two? Uh, Gallman has been, you know, decent in spurts. That being said, I, I don't, you know, I think he'll be back on the on the team. I don't think they'll bring in a, another running back like they tried to do with Jonathan Stewart last year. I mean, that was just a complete disaster, a waste of money. Um, so, yeah, Gallman, I think Gallman and Rob Martin, will battle for that number two spot. I mean, Rob Martin, when we, you know, we didn't get to see him at all in the regular season, but, you know, we saw him in the preseason and he was, you know, 10 yards, 10 yards, 12 yards, 18 yards, five yards. I mean, he was just, you know, popping off, you know, good runs. And he's a guy who, you know, he was only a rookie camp invite last year out of Rutgers and made, made a, made the training camp roster, which is amazing because most of the guys who are just rookie camp invites do not, even get a, a sniff at training camp. 
So, you know, especially with, you know, when we have a Saquon and Jonathan Stewart sign, and then at the time, you know, Wayne Gallman and even Paul Perkins at the time. So, uh, he's somebody I definitely believe in. You know, somebody I talked to, so, you know, maybe there's a little bias there. But I would love to see him be have a chance at that number two spot. Uh, I mean, what do you what do you think uh, for the number two spot going forward? Do you think it's going to be one of those two or maybe somebody else brought in? I, I believe it would be Gallman. But I'll, I, have a, I have an idea for Rob in a second. But I believe it would be Gallman just because he's, he's he, he can get it done as well. He's a very he's a capable running back in the NFL drafted in 2017. He was expected to take a huge leap this year, and then they kind of brought in that guy named Saquon Barkley, who chased the game for the Giants. But for for Martin, what I'm thinking because I feel like when they use Gallman in the end zone, it, it didn't work. He he doesn't he's not a big guy like Saquon to push it in. If they bring in a guy like Martin, he could be that pounded in it when Saquon needs to break, in my opinion. So. I think that's why if they do have utilize Martin, it should be in like an end zone to punch it in, in like, like in the one five yard line. Yeah, definitely, and he he's a good route runner. I mean, really, you know, the number two spot on the Giants isn't anything special because Saquon is just used, you know, first, second, third down. Um, but uh, the real thing is, you know, if if Saquon were to get hurt, I mean, I I do think we we do kind of have problems. So maybe maybe they'll bring somebody in. But at the same time, with the Jonathan Stewart disaster last year, I think they'll kind of stay pat, you know, bring in an undrafted guy. I mean, I mean, and we know the running back position, while there are greats like Saquon and Zeke, um, the number two, number three guy is almost is a, road, is a revolving door because it's pretty much a dime a dozen. Yeah, and I, they could obviously bring in someone in. I, I feel like they may be a little nervous from the Jonathan Stewart thing with his six rushes for 17 yards. But I I have faith in Goldman. I was a fan of him at Clemson. I was I was happy when they drafted him. I, I have faith for him, and I believe he could be a big part of this team going forward. Definitely. Um. So yeah, that wraps it up. Uh, Danny, do you have anything before we we close it out? Um. No. I mean, we we argued that we believe Corey Coleman should be the third wide receiver. I we argued about the second second running back, third running back. And then offensive line. I think we covered basically everything we need to. Okay. Um, as far as next week, uh, Danny will be on vacation, so we might. I might do something. Maybe bring in another. Guy, maybe one of the Giants Nation writers. Maybe do something solo. See what happens. Um, so yeah. Until next week or the week after, folks. Go big blue. See you guys later.